0: Welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide
1: to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy.
2: And I'm Taylor Smurl.
1: Um, so big changes on the horizon around here. Yeah. I didn't really have something to talk about. I'm just sort of just, just going. diving ahead. in. I'm just diving in. Dive in. This is not okay. like an announcement. That sounds like what you say when you're about to announce big. Ba- I mean, like you're like Riley is moving. moving.
2: Oh, okay. I-, I thought I was about to be fired or something. <laughs>
0: i think actually i'm the one that might be fired i
1: think charlie's gunning for my place
2: i don't he tries <laughs> i didn't sign off on that if that's the case
1: it's not it's not just you though don't take it personally charlie uh keeps coming to me with new ideas for sawbones now since she did the one episode with me and like saying and we won't need daddy for that one either <laughs> so justin and i both are about to be out of a job She just she just wants to podcast she, she can't really help it just wants to podcast. <laughs> at yeah, those podcasts in jeans. <laughs> She's got a podcast. Um, she was she was performing today for me, by the way. So so uh, our their cousins BB and Dot were here visiting, and um, Charlie and BB put on a performance where Bibi was playing various instruments and playing music, and Charlie was dancing, and her dancing was choreography. Not from the show she was in, from Descendants that she watched so many times this past summer during summer theater. So she was performing choreography for us, and I thought, I have the most musical theater. She's gonna go to parties and do this. She's that kid. She's the musical theater kid who's gonna go to a party and a song's gonna come on and she is gonna be like, step ball change, step ball change, jazz square, jazz square. I and mean, I did that when I was her age. <laughs> up with this arm, big arm. Up with this one, big finish.
2: No, anyway. it's in her jeans. <laughs> it's in her jeans. <laughs> I got a podcast and I got a dance.
1: It was it was very cute. And then Cooper came out in the uh, the red dress that Lydia wears in Beetlejuice in the movie when she almost marries Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. She came out in that out in that dress and did a very dramatic performance with lots of like falling down and looking longingly and then, like, a sort of pseudo-death scene at the end, so. That sounds about right. <laughs> so,
0: anyway. It's in her genes. <laughs> that, that, too, probably. That's a weird combination of some some genes That's in there a, from you and Justin that made that.
2: C- Cooper got the creepy recessive gene that yeah. lurks somewhere in your bloodline. <laughs>
1: It was a great milieu, because the whole time Dot was just singing one line from the theme song from Vampirina over and over again, so... What was it, <laughs> whoa, Vampirina? Yep. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. That was happening. It was, it was a, a happening, I would say. say it was a happening.
2: <laughs> I think I've paid like 35 bucks to see this performance at a warehouse in Bushwick.
1: <laughs> I could have sold tickets. It was It was a happening. <laughs> Instead, it was happening very early this morning. So I was sitting there on my couch drinking coffee, thinking, "Why is this? Why is this happening?" Happening.
2: <laughs> you just needed to, yeah. You wanted to question it. You just need to be there. That's that's how you just take in the arts. Hmm.
1: I took it in, <laughs> and then I had to rank everybody. Then Charlie, of course, oh, that's God. Charlie, handed me a sheet and was like, "You've got to score everybody now. So a winner."
2: Okay. Well, that's not how art works.
1: And she got that from you.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know this trick. 10 out of 10 for all of them. Yep. 10 out of 10. Four-way tie. Best. Everyone was best. But then she'll say, but there's, there has to be a winner.
2: <laughs> no, I refuse. I said, nope. 10 out of 10, everybody. You should have spun it. Like, I, I give you blue points. You <laughs> get...
0: A gold star.
2: Yes. <laughs> and you get three fish
0: ha!
1: there you go figure that out do that conversion
2: don't compare yourselves to each other please
1: i know i kept saying uh she kept saying the next uh competitor and i kept changing it to participant (laughs) 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 like we're not competitors we're participants we're participating in this event that's it (laughs) The best part is that Charlie
0: is at least three years older than all of them. It's like Angelica (laughs) orchestrating like, okay, babies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mom, please let me beat these babies. I need to beat these babies. (laughs) These babies. I need to defeat them. Can you help me?
0: (laughs) It's really important to me right now. She's about to be
1: eight. I know. This episode goes up. It'll be her eighth birthday. Yeah, that's true. This airs on her eighth birthday. Crazy. I don't know how it's possible. Today, she plays uh, Roblox with her friends on her iPad, <laughs> and they talk. Like, I guess you can, like, talk while you're, I don't know. I'm so old. Oh,
0: you sound so old. And, but I also don't know. I don't do Roblox. Uh, that's major. Huh?
2: No, I was going to say, you, anytime you tell me about Roblox, I thought they were playing blocks. I thought they were blocks that had, like, a Roblox component. So the fact this is the internet, I, I'm, I'm younger, and yet I'm older.
1: It's, I still, I play Roblox with her sometimes and I don't know how to like, sometimes you'll pick something up and I don't know how to put it down and she gets so mad at me. I'm like, Charlie, I don't know how to put this ice cream cone down. I'm still holding the ice cream cone. Do I, is there a way to make my character eat it or can I put it down? No, I just have it now. She and Cooper both yelled at me for not being good at Roblox. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) But she, I think she's just chatting like on FaceTime with her friends while she's. anyway the point is one of them called and justin answered (gasps) and it was like a full teenager freak out dad what are you doing give me that dad (gasps) no and like she was like i'll call you back and then hung up and went why would you do that to me And he was like did i embarrass you yes
2: it's like why (laughs) did that did that child not realize he was talking to the famous podcaster, m- media talent Justin McRoy?
1: <laughs> I don't think he cared. He was pretty chill about it. He was like, "Hey, what's up?" Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, his voice didn't sound like that. <laughs> like seven, yeah,
1: old hey. <laughs> hey,
2: what's up? Is Charlie home? <laughs> it was.
1: A, it was a child voice. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? That's just your voice, then. (laughs) I don't know. What if if children... I have two of them. What do they sound like? Not
0: like, hey. (laughs) You're like Dad. Dad with his boy voice and his girl voice. I know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Dad's a
0: boy and his boy voice is still just like that one you just did.
1: Hey. Hey. (laughs) I like the voice we've all made up for Cooper.
0: It's like a gremlin. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. It has an edge to it that isn't human. And it's yeah. not what she sounds like. I
2: mean, it, it is, in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the essence of her voice. Yeah.
2: Hey.
1: Hey, can I... Today, can I have another cooler? <laughs> another cooler? I like the donuts that are coolers. That are coolers. <laughs> These are the best donuts. Uh, man. Um, anyway
0: anyways speaking of youth yeah let's talk about youths in <laughs> a film and youth culture let's talk about not okay <laughs> i'm not okay right now i'm sorry um wait
2: that's okay
0: it's okay to not be okay and that's what we learned <laughs> it's what we learned not okay is a hulu original film but just came out uh, at the end of july of this year so it's been out for like two weeks now um about a girl who works for I guess an online magazine I guess yeah, right? yeah like a
1: BuzzFeed type place that's what I was gonna say doesn't it feel like it's supposed to be sort of BuzzFeed-esque yeah like not exactly that but like like online content creation and news and stuff and what is it called again uh I wanted to say disgusting depravity depravity right? yeah. that's what it is right Depravity. Yeah. um but Ooh, she was there. The there
2: but all right <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah and
0: basically um she works there as a photo editor and wants to be a writer and to impress this influencer guy that also works there. I guess as an influencer? Is that what his job is, Dylan O'Brien? That yeah. was my
1: guess. He was an influencer and vaping. Vaping is he his vapes other job. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um wants to impress him so she says she's going to a writing retreat in Paris and makes a trip to Paris and takes off work for a week and hides in her apartment posting edited pictures of her in Paris. And then it happens to be the same week of a uh, terrorist attack in Paris. So then she goes along with it and says she was there and she survived and hijinks ensue because she's lying, of course.
1: You know, and in the beginning, like the idea of pretending you went to Paris for a week is so benign. I almost felt bad for her at first. Like, oh, she's just trying to impress some people. And she and, started like, out with what, like 60
0: followers or something? She wasn't famous.
1: No, she was not getting famous yeah. by having gone to Paris. No. because and And that's very realistic. At first, that's what I worried was about to happen. I was going to say, like, are we supposed to believe this girl got famous just by going on a vacation to Paris? Because a lot of people do that. But no, that... And so I felt kind of bad for it first, like, oh, well, who hasn't embellished a sure. little about their lives to try to impress somebody? We've all been there. Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously, there there is a tipping point with her story. There's a point mm-hmm. where it's not just lying about going to Paris, which we'll get into. But I also think that the, and this, the movie does good at setting up the fact that she has she comes from money. She has the means that if she wanted to go to Paris, she could. So it's yeah. not like. I I can't get there, and I just lied and said I went there. I would I would have sympathy for that. They do well to build a you know don't you don't have to feel bad for this character. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> and I mean that's it's true. it's really her guinea pig's fault that this <laughs> that's all happened. True, that's
2: true. It is <laughs> the, it, the it is the guinea pig and some drugs to blame.
0: Yeah, she smoked a little marijuana with Vape Boy, uh, and her guinea pig, which da- is named guinea weasley um which was pretty good uh walks onto our laptop and opens up this picture she'd been editing for the magazine of a girl in paris i guess and or some- something that yeah. the background yeah was like the eiffel tower or or something and and she got the idea that she could edit herself all because of the guinea pig
1: oh because of the guinea pig
0: i did appreciate that representation in a film <laughs> I felt like for at least the first few minutes before she lied about having been there for a tragic event, that I could see myself in a character finally of this girl living alone in an apartment with her pet guinea pig constantly sitting next to her. <laughs>
2: well, I well that that I want to ask Riley because you brought this to the table. Um, obviously, outside of the guinea pig, because this movie is obviously about. The desire for—it's <laughs> about the, the desire for internet fame, and I mean, Sid and I grew up without that being a thing. It just kind of—it became a thing, and then I think a lot of older people that happened into it were like, "Oh no, this is this is this is what this is." But you grew up with that as a thing. Can you can you relate to that character in that sense at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that like a lot of movies that want to have something to say about society, it's obviously exaggerated to an extent, like, I'm not saying this has never happened. Maybe there's someone out there that has lied about a similar thing. There probably is. But mm-hmm. every, I won't say everyone, 90% of people my age on the internet are probably, I don't know, taking pictures when they're somewhere, they're not even having that good of a time and posting about how much fun they're having. Or they're editing pictures to make them look better or posting about being on a trip or something that they may might not really be on to make their lives look better better than they might actually be Mm. um so i think in that extent yes i mean it feels like everyone does that these days to the point where you look at something it's like well that's edited or that's not real but we're all doing it so it's fine um really yeah i i'm not not to the extent where i've known anyone who has edited themselves like in a foreign country they haven't been (laughs) in or something like that but i mean for sure people that you know go on a trip with their family and aren't having a good time, but they take a picture of them on the beach or I don't know, while camping or something and talk about how much fun it is and how great it is. And look how great I look. And the whole time they're actually miserable while they're there, but look how much fun they're having. Cause they're having a great time.
1: I think it's interesting that you introduced the idea that maybe though, sometimes they lie about other part other than just like how much fun they're having, because that's outside of the internet. That's something we've all done in our lives sure. is We didn't want to admit that our life was maybe not as exciting or interesting as someone else. So we've played up some aspect of it and not lied about the details, just about how it made us feel Mm -hmm. like we had such a great time doing this thing when really it was something kind of boring. Yeah, whatever. Like we've all like we do that outside the Internet. But the idea of like actually looking at somebody's picture and going, I don't know if I believe you are actually there or I don't know if I believe you actually did that thing wouldn't occur to me. And would it would that be conceivable that you would see a picture and think mm, I'm not sure you were on that boat? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I don't. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know if I would guess that someone edited it, but maybe I don't know. Like what? I could imagine a scenario where someone is on a trip and happens upon a. a, a a red carpet event or something <laughs> or a concert or something i don't know and can put themselves in a background that would look like they were
1: Doing invited to be fun. somewhere
0: or were somewhere very important or something like that when really so you they see the boat you
1: take a picture of yourself in front of the boat people assume you were going to get on that boat and
0: you make a caption that might hint at you being on it or interesting you going okay. to a party or something and you might think like well that
1: that's not true not but quite so bold as just Flat out inventing a scenario. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, people are really good at picking out when pictures are edited now too. Like you'd have to be a really good. And I mean, I think that's why we're supposed to think it's believable that she made these pictures that people are buying into because she does edit pictures professionally for sure. a living for that magazine. Um, but I feel like it's, it's easy when using like phone editing apps to notice when someone has done some hardcore editing Maybe not just some touch-ups, but if someone were to edit themselves in front of the Eiffel Tower using, like, Facetune, I feel like you'd be able to catch on to that pretty quickly.
2: Well, and I think what you're getting at, Riley, is a lot, it's it's a little bit more messed up, but it, I think it's absolutely more prevalent. It's it's the editing of the the actual feelings behind the picture or the yeah. the actual reality. Like, I know this from working in, like, a restaurant where we've had an influencer come in and, like order things and pose with like beautiful cappuccinos that have rosettas in them and then they leave it all there because they don't actually eat food because they're on some horribly restricted diet it's like oh you it uh, the pictures will show that you enjoyed all of this the reality is this was part of your brand and that's a little i think that's very much a thing where we can take the pictures can be real the captions we we typed ourselves but we're creating a false reality
0: yeah yeah I think that there's a scene in the movie that actually highlights that really well, which is when she goes to that influencer party mm-hmm. after she first becomes, like, internet famous and vape boy mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien invites <laughs> her to go with him. And you don't really see anyone partying. It's just a lot of free stuff and people taking pictures with said free stuff. Right. Like, that's what influencer parties are. When brands have parties or release events or there are premieres or launches or whatever – Nine times out of 10 from what I've, you know, seen influencers share, I have a couple friends that have been to events like that. Um, It's just a lot of opportunities to take really nice looking pictures for you to promote their stuff. It's not a lot of actual hanging out or meeting people or partying or anything. It's here's all this free stuff, but only so you can take pictures with it and post it on your social media and make it look like you're having a great time.
1: Sounds so boring.
0: It looks dystopian (laughs) in the movie, like to see this underground party where it looks like it's a big deal, but then you walk in, it's just everyone taking pictures with like teeth whitening devices. (laughs) But that's like, uh, realistic.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. What I do think that's, I think that's what's smart about this movie. I mean, that it represents it as this. I mean, obviously, the main character is reprehensible for her lies. But when you kind of think about it alongside how much fabrication we do to gain followings and to gain relevance in in social media. Uh, It it is interesting in that is it, it's different to to completely fabricate a false reality, a false background, but how much of that do we do in, in ways that can't, we can't be caught, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think the central question that gets posed there when, all of a sudden this thing that was seems sort of benign she pretended to take a trip to paris um which if you found out somebody pretended to take a trip to paris you may think less of them as like oh that's that's not you know like i don't that know just that just seems silly to me like yeah, why, would you, do and why would you lie about yeah. that and like but you wouldn't feel like hurt necessarily i mean i don't know i don't it's think like, i'd think they're a bad person yeah, you might. I, I, I would probably feel sorry for them yeah. that they did that. Like, I wouldn't I would not feel like it, it would affect me. You know what I mean? But then when the turning point, when now there has been a terrorist attack in Paris. And so she either has to come clean and say, OK, never mind. Sorry, I wasn't actually there or. Roll with it. It is an interesting moment to think about. If. If that sort of online life is so important, especially to the younger generation, you know, that like keeping that online persona, this is who I am. This is what my life looks like. This is what I look like. These are the things, all the fabulous things I've done and places I've been. If that's so important. And once you once you crack that veneer and say, OK, actually, I lied about something. You shatter it all mm-hmm. like you're you're going to lose all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, it's an interesting question. Like, how far would you go? How low would you sink? How much of your morality would you toss to the side to keep that, you know, yeah. facade up?
0: Well, it also is just social media is based in instant gratification. So when she immediately decides to go with it, yes, I was there, and shows up at the airport when a flight is getting back into... New York from Paris mm-hmm. and Pretends like she's getting off the plane so she Can be photographed by the news and her parents Are there holding her and crying and everything Like all that I imagine is Going through her head at that moment is this will be Great for likes and followers And stuff there's no moment you see Her think like well this could go horribly Wrong but it's good for right now Because that's what social media is it's not What if in a month someone sees this Post and realizes I was lying it's Think about how great this is going to be for My social media right now which it's a, I think It's is, a
1: real dissociation yeah. from like your online you and your you you. Because mm-hmm. at that moment she's just only concerned with the online you and how that's going to look. And the actual her is not a consideration.
2: Yeah. I feel like that's the, I think that's a very distinct shift. And, you know, we talk so much about obviously generational shifts on this podcast, but like When we were growing up, the internet and and your presence on it, I, I feel like was more about like, that's a place you could be your real self. You could talk to people that you didn't, that related to you, that understood you, and you could be your real self on the internet. And then, you know, in your real life, you had to go about and like, follow the rules and be normal and hide the parts of yourself that weren't okay. And like, that complete, like, upside down of now, your internet self is a fabricated self. It's, it is it's your brand it's it's the thing that you sell it's so interesting to me i do think that's a very distinct difference between our generation and yours riley
0: yeah and you know at first when we watched it i thought because i think the main character is supposed to be mid to late ish 20s i guess 25 26 i would, assume, I would guess something yeah. like that um at first when we were watching it i thought she needs to be younger for me to believe this she needs to be like distinctly gen z because, like, the way she was dressing and her makeup and the social media and all that stuff felt very relatable to me. But then I think, at least what I hope the movie was maybe trying to get at in a more positive way, was when they introduced the character of Rowan, who is a <laughs> school shooting survivor who's supposed to be only, like, 17, 18. Um, and they showed the difference between how she, because she becomes actually famous, in the real world for the advocacy she does and, you know, the talk she gives and all that. Um, but she doesn't use she wasn't doing, obviously, any of that to reach that point. She was right. doing all of these public appearances to try to enact change, but doesn't continue to then use that fame she gets to do anything for her own personal gain. Mm-hmm. And the main what is the main character's name? Why can't I remember her name? Um,
2: <laughs> oh, I <laughs> Danny.
0: Danny? Danny. Danny. But when Danny realizes she's so famous, she's like, why do, Why is this girl not acting like, you know, an influencer? She's not going to these events. She's not doing all these things. Um, my hope is that the reason they make Danny this, like, I think very stereotypical, quote unquote, millennial that, like, you know, is is has this money at home, but acts like she is having a rough time in the city and, and you know, fakes these trips and does these bad things with social media mm-hmm. is because then Rowan is like this Gen Z kind of new way of using social media. My generation that watched people like Danny on the internet faking their lives and using our views for money mm-hmm. and popularity and then us trying to use it for something better. Because yeah. so I do think there was a brief period of people that are probably just a couple of years older than me that of, of influencers using the internet for just personal gain. And you didn't see a lot of young people using it for, you know, advocacy or social issues or anything like that.
1: Well, and I mean, I think, I think that's still, uh, you know, it's all about what you can market ultimately, like everything sort of gets swept up by capitalism sometimes and the internet is just that like everybody's selling everybody's marketing everybody's faking it it's okay that's the that's the deal Mm -hmm. you don't have to pretend like you're true or authentic because we don't need you to be it's the internet we want you
0: to be what sells
1: yeah yeah
2: well and to that end it just becomes an extension of self and that's the the same question that anybody that puts anything creates or produces anything or uses your voice in any way do you want to use it to help or do you want to use it to advance yourself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, I, I kept saying it reminded me of Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Uh, set like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Because instead of like an anti-bullying campaign that blows up from a speech at school that's posted on YouTube, it's like talking about, you know, advocating for survivors and safety and all this stuff through social media but both are characters that are you know not likable that lie about something that and in the end furthers their own personal gain
1: and i think you know it is it is important like the thing she comes up with i am not okay Mm -hmm. that becomes the hashtag that makes her so incredibly popular one she stole it (laughs) from rowan from rowan yeah so that sentiment that it's okay to not be okay came from a, from a place of truth and authentic mm-hmm. truth and authentic authenticity. You know, like mm-hmm. this was a survivor who was saying this. So it resonated with people so much because it's true because it came from honesty, but it was being sold through and packaged in a false way, you yeah. know? So, and, and I think that there's so much stuff that, that's exactly what marketing does, like really effective advertising. It's going to grab on something that is true and authentic and real and human, but it's going to package it in something false. But you're going to still be caught by it because you'll you'll feel that, you know, yeah. it knows they're smart enough to know how to do that. Yeah. Um, which is exactly what she is in that moment. She's just one more brand being marketed.
0: I think we're supposed to see that maybe her saying that is her authentically believing that. And a lot of the things she shares in like the survivor support group she goes to are things she actually feels because she has depression. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a way it's like we're almost supposed to feel like, oh, but she actually is struggling and you know, she is not okay and she's trying to work on herself because she struggles with mental illness. Um, But also, I guess you can acknowledge that you have mental illness or life is hard or things don't feel good. Even if you haven't been through some awful tragedy, like it it would be okay. If she acknowledged I'm not okay. And my life is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like you can say that. And I think that it was a, a, I don't know. It was kind of awkward for me watching to try to reconcile. Yes. Yeah, she's obviously going through something. Hmm but this is not the way to be sure going about dealing with that i guess
1: yeah i mean because she's still know. like the villain yeah of the story. you don't want to have yeah. sympathy
0: for her and then there are those brief moments where it's like yeah she actually d- obviously is struggling with something but man that she's also being a really bad person right now
1: uh, and I- okay. oh okay go ahead
2: uh, i mean i think that Part of it is that when when sympathy becomes like a social currency, when it becomes something that you can get value from on the internet, you, you really make a, a perverse thing of something that should just be offered up. Like I do think I do have sympathy for her character. I do think she was struggling. Clearly, I, I think mm-hmm. you'd have to be in a pretty bad place to do what she did. Yes. from the beginning. Yes, and that I, I think like. To put herself on, the, I mean, to adopt the identity of somebody who survived something oh heinous, she, she became the villain, absolutely. But I, I don't think that the the movie is about, look at this horrible, disillusioned, privileged lady who did something terrible, and then here's real victims. I think it's more about, like, how we profit, like, how, the, if we can profit off our victimhood, then victimhood becomes a way of getting capital and power. And that's bad because then we get in the, it's just like anything else. that's marketable where really we just need to like, like we need to take all of that marketing power away from these things. This is just ourselves. Like we should be able to be honest about ourselves and what we're dealing with.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we, we shouldn't have to uh, like advertise and try to openly and publicly discuss what we're struggling with or what our issues are. public attention in order to feel like our struggles are valid. It's like she feels like she needs to extrapolate it to this large scale and put it out there for people to say yes, you're right. It's okay for you to not feel good. Mm -hmm. Even though she should just, you know, be able to do that in her own life as is.
1: Well, that is a good lesson because there are a lot of aspects of her life that like, I mean, that that organization where she works depravity <laughs> <laughs> seemed like sort of an unhealthy kind of <laughs> situation the f- yeah. its existence the things that it prioritized and prized and perpetuated and well it prioritized her as an employee when she had this tragic story to share right so and so you know sometimes sometimes the problem is that you're in a dysfunctional system and it's good to be able to recognize that that's the problem. It's not you don't and you don't need an excuse to feel bad about that or to have trouble functioning within that dysfunctional system. The system is dysfunctional. That's not a problem with you. You know, you don't have to justify it by saying, well, I just can't because of this. this. No, the system is dysfunctional. You can just recognize that. Yeah. Um, I do think that that has to be. I, well, I would think I don't know part of the decision to not make her too young too because in terms of having sympathy if the stuff she did was done by a teenager there would be a big part of me that would think that teenager is about to learn a very hard lesson you know because not like everybody would but it's a lot more believable to see somebody you know who's whose frontal lobe is not fully formed (laughs) making a really bad choice Mm -hmm. to do something really reckless and dangerous and harmful um, and know that like they could still grow into a good decent person. They've just made a giant mistake. It's I think that making her older helps to remove that too. So that, you know, I mean, she's, she knows what she's doing. Oh yeah. She, I think that there's a lot of um, privilege, in the character that is, she does not recognize or understand. There's not a lot of introspection there, and I think that that informs a lot. Like, she knows what she's doing. I do not think she has taken the time to reckon with the harm she could cause with something like that until the very, very end of the movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and I, I think the end is. I'm really happy that there was no redemption arc. Like, I think that is correct. The, the fact that she just sort of disappears at the end of the movie i think is appropriate Mm -hmm. because i think that would have kind of that would have left a sour taste in my mouth if if she had been given a uh oh now i get to like hug the the person who had like very real trauma that i capitalized off of and like be forgiven and then i don't know get a musical number
0: yeah yeah she uh spoiler alert for the ending she goes to she's been forced off of all social media everyone finds her out and She's the most hated woman on the internet. She's fired. She moves back in with her parents. And even her parents are, you know, not doing, you know, not happy with her. Um, But she gets off all social media and tries to go to Rowan's performance of like her end of the year showcase type thing where she's going to do spoken word poetry. Um, And it has this whole thing written out on her phone to say to her afterwards to try to apologize and... Rowan ends up doing a piece about Danny Mm. and how hurt she was by her and all the awful things she did and how she doesn't even realize some of the hurt she caused and instead of going up to her after Danny, just lets her have that moment and walks away that's it which I do think is a good I agree it was a very good ending that she doesn't get a redemption arc but you do see her in the smallest way start to realize like Sometimes the way to make things better is to not make them about me and to not force myself mm-hmm. on someone who obviously is not ready to hear from me, is not ready to hear this long thing I've written in my notes app. So I'm
1: just going to, you know. She, yeah, she walk finally away. stopped centering herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to imagine that that was also intentional that our main character who does that, who is privileged, who has a habit of centering herself is white and the character that she harms the most, she mm-hmm. harms a lot of people, but the character that she harms the most with that is not, I have to imagine that that, I mean, cause yeah. that, you know, it's appropriate and it's true.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of moments where Danny would say things to Rowan, like joking about. I don't know, things they had talked about that were traumatic or like constantly smiling and happy and Rowan was not able to understand that. And I kind of cringed watching them. Like Rowan lost her older sister in the shooting they were both in. And Danny starts like trying to fill that role almost and plays the music in the car that she used to listen to or their older sister. And it's so uncomfortable to watch because you're thinking like, obviously, that is not what this girl needs to hear right now but you see Rowan constantly just like swallowing it and dealing Mm -hmm. with it and not letting herself get upset by it and just playing along like it's okay and that does feel very much like yeah this is a a white girl who thinks all these things are okay that she's doing and Mm -hmm. um, people of color don't always feel comfortable saying hey this is hurtful to me this makes me uncomfortable and white people don't always think about those things
1: because you can't it doesn't happen but you can easily imagine a scenario where rowan would have called her out and she would have immediately started crying yes and saying she wasn't racist and that obviously not because she has black friends like you know yes you know that that's this character you know that like if she got called out white tears would fall and they make that very clear yeah
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, I think it's uh, all around. It's a very, very good representation of both some of the best parts of my generation and some of the absolute worst. Like, yes, there are people that are my age that are using their presence for good and and talking about change and reform and all that stuff, but also people that are probably lying about trauma they've been through or something for Mm -hmm. personal gain and money and fame
1: clicks clicks likes subscribes
0: all that stuff
1: i i do i don't i didn't know how to feel about the one the only thing that i would say i was i was trying to figure out grappling with my feelings about were when she is found out to be a fraud and obviously the people around her upset her boss is upset rowan's upset her parents are upset people are personally harmed by her And there's a lot of hate directed at her as a result. That backlash goes to where all backlashes go on the Internet to people like telling her to harm herself and things like that, you know, saying like horrible, horrible things to her. That. To me, seem out of proportion to any. I mean, to uh, to lying about being somewhere, you know what I mean? She I don't know that that was the only part I was trying to grapple with, like the the movie doesn't suggest she deserves that but it doesn't suggest she doesn't deserve that you know what i mean so i don't know that was the only part i was trying to like reckon with
2: i I, go ahead
1: i was just gonna say i feel like it's
0: it's probably an accurate representation of what happens when someone becomes like the internet's newest target yeah main character um, there, pro- there are definitely not probably people that take it to that extreme, and I hope the reason for including that was not just to be like realistic, but also kind of point out the hypocrisy of telling someone who harmed other people to harm themselves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and that—that's yeah, that's that that element like was very. I mean that is where you where the internet goes no matter what your your supposed sins are. I think hers were, were pretty heinous, but that is just the the inevitable end of any discourse. Is you should not be alive anymore, and we're going to tell you a hundred times why that's true. And I don't know what what action deserves that, but I don't think um, uh, faking some pictures because the other thing is and it's it's pretty pathetic of her character but the reason is i don't think it really was for fame as much as it was so she could get a boy which is yes yeah kind of sad we can all agree on that but like sad in a way that lots of people are sad lots of people do things that are kind of desperate because they want love and attention from people that they don't get it from
1: right But it's but I mean, it really is. It's a cautionary tale about if you decide you want to become the Internet's main character. That that goes one of two ways, and often it will end up going both ways, wherever whichever way it goes. The first at first, it will go the other way next.
0: Yeah, which I think they do a good job of highlighting, because even you see Rowan getting. hate And people saying she's faking it and and criticizing her. For how she responds to someone setting off firecrackers at a speech she's giving that Mm -hmm. causes her to have a full,
1: you know, panic attack. Yeah, somebody who's completely authentic and real and not trying to harm anyone. Yeah.
0: And they highlight that even people criticize her. So, you know, yeah, usually if you're going to put yourself on any sort of platform nowadays on the Internet, you're going to get both. It just depends on the current moment, which one you're getting
1: more of, Mm -hmm. I think. Well, it was, so. <laughs> still despite all of this intense dialogue, it was still, I mean, I, I it was interesting. I enjoyed watching it. It's yeah. hard. Like, I was yeah. cringing a lot, like, oh,
0: oh, why are you doing this? It's hard to watch a movie that has an unlikable main character. Yeah.
2: Well, and it's not just a straight through line of, like, a moral story where here's the bad guy, here's the good guy, here's how yeah. you're supposed to feel. There's a lot of complex layers about, like, the people that were crucifying her are also people that probably behave a lot like she does on social media it's kind of the same so it's like really you could look at it as a takedown of being inauthentic which i think is good i mean i think that's always good i think that you know any profit you get from from being false or lying is maybe not something you should feel good about and that's maybe like what you were saying earlier riley about how you know you think younger generations use it as in a more uh useful way not to be fake, mm-hmm. but to be authentic, perhaps in the way that in the, the early days of the internet we, we thought that was the point. <laughs> like I can say what I mean here. No one can put mm, hands yeah. on me if I do.
1: <laughs> it's
2: definitely I can share it all with live journal. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, yes.
0: <laughs> it makes me look at it like a very like bell curve sort of way, like where it started is maybe getting now now it's getting closer to where it started, if that makes sense. Um obviously not everyone obviously there are still many many people who are doing inauthentic things on the internet to make money but we're Um, getting
1: better at spotting them
0: yeah i I think there was a brief period where i was watching youtube when i was 12 13 and everyone that was popular on there was these perfect usually white people that had these very wealthy lives and perfect houses and partners and clothes and marketing all of it to my young impressionable
1: brain um i don't think that's all of them anymore no no my children watch youtube videos sometimes and that's not what it is yeah there's a lot of crushing various kinds of objects that have a color inside and (laughs) trying to guess what colors inside See
0: that evolution of the internet i still don't understand your kids watch a lot of videos which are people playing with dolls and making them have conversations with each other yes that sometimes are like just regular everyday conversations it's Mm -hmm. not like some intense story
1: no they're going to school or it's they're going to the beach or they're like it's like watching just like
0: cartoons or something but with people using dolls instead on youtube i
1: I don't understand
0: it but they all have like 50 million views whenever they click Mm -hmm. on them so obviously there are people that do understand it
1: That and um, now uh, ASMR makeup tutorials are really big, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Internet's internet's going places that I don't always understand, and that's why we changed our show (laughs) because I don't get it anymore. (laughs) And that's why Charlie's gunning for my place. But thank you all for watching this with me. Uh, I, I felt like it was a good thing for us to talk about, not even just because of the actual movie itself, but really just for what brings to the table about yeah, modern culture
1: and internet and stuff. No, I'm glad we all got to watch it together. Yeah. Um what's next? Uh I would like you all to watch A League of Their Own, please. <laughs> okay. I've uh, never seen it. Oh, it's a great so... movie. It makes me cry every time. And there's oh, good. <laughs> um as Taylor, when is the show coming out?
2: Oh right. Uh you you picked the movie and then you realize there's a there's a new television series think it was, it's coming out on uh the 12th i believe so the day that um,
1: so today as in that's the day this episode will air. so yes, today today
2: it comes out yeah and it's got a uh, abby jacobson in it um where it arizona i think it might be an uh amazon show i'm not sure but it's well, a streaming show it's one of those
1: i don't know if it'll be good or not but i love the movie so you're gonna check it out i like the odds yeah yeah all right all right. Well, thank you both. Uh, it I'm not, or Not Okay is on Hulu. Hulu, if you'd like to watch it. And uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org uh, and listen to all the great podcasts there. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at maximumfun.org, And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind.
0: This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McIlroy.
2: And I'm Taylor Smurl.
0: I am still
1: buffering.
2: And I am too. You
1: you
0: well, to well, to well, to I just really
1: feel like we didn't talk about the guinea pig enough. <laughs>
2: it's all the guinea pig's fault.
1: I feel like she started it. You just related because of a clever, clever guinea pig pun name.
0: Yes, I'm not alone. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called After Game Show.
2: It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world.
0: Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org.
2: It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that?
1: I don't know. It sounds bad.
2: It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not.
1: <laughs> Come for the games
0: and stay for the chaos.
1: MaximumFun.org.
2: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.